This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You wanted the best online sportsbook? That's easy. It's mybookie.ag. They got the easiest website layout, the best odds, amazing customer service, and payouts in only two business days. Check out mybookie.ag for yourself, and then sign up using promo code WCE50 for a 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at Chris B. Giannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from winningcureseverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. What up, what up? Welcome in Winning Cures Everything, number 194. This is the Monday, February 12th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. We have got much to discuss today. First off, everybody that's on Facebook and Periscope, and uh, and if you're watching on YouTube later, et cetera, et cetera, we appreciate you tuning in. If you would help us out, share this thing out, Facebook, Twitter, and whatnot. Subscribe to and review the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, all your favorite podcast apps, all that good stuff. On today's show, we're going to hit on these topics. ESPN had Michael Bennett read a letter that he wrote that was so tone deaf that I cannot even begin to explain it. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit. We're going to talk about college basketball being in full force. Chris's favorite topic. Absolutely. But it is almost March Madness. we got about a month to go. So we got to get into this. Uh, the selection committee released their current top 16 seeds. And we got we to gotta look and see, is the SEC turning into a basketball conference? It's kind of strange to think about, but it, it looks like it might be. Uh, the Winter Olympics are happening. Uh, there were two special guests that showed up and then were escorted out. And we're going to tell you about who that was. Uh, college football is officially in the offseason, but after signing day last week, 
I went through to figure out what kind of recruiting it takes to win a national championship. Johnny Football is coming back. He's on his comeback trail. We're going to talk about the things that he said in a couple of interviews earlier. And LeBron has got the fire back. But we're going to talk about whether or not he's going to stay in Cleveland to do that. To kick it off, Chris, how you been? Weekend been good? good? No, good weekend. Everything's great. No issues. Full day of work today. And uh, now we're getting to do this. Yeah, this is always the fun part of the evening, right? We, we get to sit around, talk sports, and this is something that we would be doing anyway. It's just now we have a platform to get our opinions right. out there. We spent some money, we bought some equipment, and we hit record. There you go. And it works out pretty good. It works out pretty good. Uh, you've been to New Orleans before, right? I have been. Beautiful city. All right. So to kick this thing off, uh, this is from a few weeks ago. Okay. All right. First, do you know what I'm about to talk to you about? No. Okay. I know Mardi Gras was like going on. Yeah. With all the hurricanes and tropical storms and whatnot that come through that part of the U.S., New Orleans had some heavy flooding back in August. Do you remember all that? So yeah. Harvey flooded Houston, but like New Orleans got some too. Every time there's a big storm that comes through, they get blasted. And it always sucks. So the mayor of New Orleans came out and ordered that all of the city's drainage system get a good cleaning. Can you guess what the number one issue was clogging most of the drainage system? Since we're talking about this around Mardi Gras, it has to be beads getting stuck in stuff. 93,000 pounds of Mardi Gras beads. That is absolutely absurd to me. Now, could you imagine that happening anywhere else? No. I can't think of, like, all right, say that this was happening in... Okay, say Houston. What would be the thing in the drain in Houston? I don't I don't I don't know. I mean I'll tell you this. Most in, places it would just be garbage. In Boston it'd probably be confetti from all the from parades for the last the decade. But but you know, I yeah, I get it. But but that stuff's like paper mache, man, that's gonna wash away. That's I right. mean it's literally gonna deteriorate to nothing. That's all biodegradable. These whatever. plastic balls never go away no they're they're stuck there they're in wow. the in the city sewer system in the drainage just system holding and they're just, just a ripe there. smell of bourbon street yes yes they are all right let's uh <laughs> let's roll this thing on um oh i don't have my sound thing man all right well let's let's uh-huh. we'll do that espn had michael bennett read a letter that he wrote to police officers about how to handle minorities which is a little funny uh, he talks about the difference between policing, which he said is upholding the law, and serving, which is being involved in your community. Uh, the piece was not long, uh, but the fact that ESPN wanted him to be a part of uh, part of whatever they're doing with this just screamed tone deaf to me. Now, did you see this over the weekend? No, I didn't see any of this. All right, so for those that don't know the story, Michael Bennett plays for the Seahawks. He, he decided he was going to be a social justice warrior. He was going to be the the other version of Colin Kaepernick. And he decided uh, to go to the Mayweather-McGregor fight back in August of 2017. While he was there, he was detained for a spell by Las Vegas police. He uh, came out with several statements afterwards claiming he was a victim of racial profiling and made this huge thing about it. He was going to sue the police department. He was doing all this stuff. And... And it turns out, it, it, here's so he claimed he was a victim of racial profiling. He said that he was stopped. He had a gun pointed at him. He was put in a police car, all because of the color of his skin. Now, all the major news outlets, ESPN mostly, 
Uh, they talked about how brave he was. Stephen A. Smith came out and talked about how he's glad Bennett wasn't dead after dealing with such injustice. And then the, the Vegas Police Department came out a couple of weeks later and had video evidence showing that he was detained by three minority officers that were responding to reports of an active shooter in a casino with a bunch of minorities around, not just Bennett. There were almost 200 videos of that night, all of which show Bennett acting suspiciously, crouching behind slot machines. When the police told him to stop, he took off in a full sprint to get away from them. So if if you're responding to an active shooter, like if you're just there in the casino, you don't run from the cops. You don't like start trying to hide and all this kind of mess, right? Yeah. I mean, the guy didn't even have his ID on him yeah, when they stopped him. I do find that weird. Yeah, who goes to New Orleans, or not New Orleans, Las Vegas, well, either one, really, without your ID? Yeah, I don't I don't go anywhere without my ID. I mean, it's, especially if you're a guy, right? Yeah. Like, a girl, I can understand, you're wearing dresses that ain't got pockets. I get that. You got your boyfriend or whoever holding your ID. I got that. But if you're a guy and you're out on a Saturday night after a big fight in New Orleans, you're going to have your license on you, right? So, like, all this stuff's going on, and... And he look, he he told him who he was, told him to Google who he was. Hey, I play for the Seahawks. Look me up. And they did. They checked everything out. He was fine. They let him go. The only time they detained him was for his safety. Like, once he finally got out, they realized he wasn't the threat. They put him in the cop car because if there's an active shooter, that is the safest place for you to be. Yep. Not free and running the streets. You are now safe. Yep. He wasn't arrested. He wasn't being detained for anything else. So in all the police evidence, I remember this situation, and all the videos came out to show his initial statements were complete false. They were just yeah. a lie. He he lied about yeah. being racially profiled by police. And nothing has happened to him since then. No. Like, that's what drives me up the wall. He was, he was up for NFL Man of the Year. He's been involved with ESPN on multiple stories. Nobody will ever bring up like or question him about why he lied about this. Like, are you surprised at the fact that there's been no consequences to to him lying about that situation? No, not at all. I mean, that's just where we are now. You you air in the side of major media. You air whatever gets you the most ratings, and then if there's ever a retraction or a correction from another time later, you just put it in the back page somewhere and you move on. Like that that it's blows my go, mind. It's never going to get the front page headlines. It's just not going to do it. Agreed. And that's what's so wrong with with this country nowadays, right? Because like there's such a, a divide. And it's not always racial, but it's it's a divide between uh liberal and conservative or or whatever, right? So people will come up with all kinds of crap all the time. And then when it's proven false, that never gets put out there so that it debunks people. Nope. Right? Like, that's what drives me insane is, like, I just want some truth put out there. Like, I don't think it should be okay for you to say whatever you want to and then still get accolades off of that. Right? Correct. And I understand, like, people will talk about Donald Trump did that to make himself bigger and whatnot. But It, it happens. It happens. All around, it's it's the world in which we live in. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to stop it. But, you know, you just have to be smart enough to think that, that the American people just can read through the bullcrap. You, uh, you are so right on that. 
you you hope that people know. I mean, not, most of, most take of everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, just is what it is. So people that watch our show and listen to our show, take everything with a grain of salt. Even what we say. Now Sometimes listen, we don't know what we're talking you can, about. You can you can follow me blindly. Okay? <laughs> if we're all right, hang on. Let me all right. Let's time out for a minute. You are the fact checker. You are the guy when we are sitting around a bonfire. Telling lies and laughing and drinking and having a good time. I am. I'm the one on Google going, I don't think that's right. Looking it up, and I'm just trying to tell a story to make everybody laugh. And it's funnier <laughs> if you think it's real. Okay? That is perfectly acceptable. Don't, right. be, don't be that guy. All right? Y'all can listen to those people and just laugh and have a good time. I have a good time. No, I, you like do. I, yeah. You just squash my stories a lot. I, not all the time. That sometimes well, I all, will. They're not Look, always if, bad. If you just wrong. straight up fibbing about something, then yeah, I'll be like, I don't think that's how that happened. Hey, man. Yeah, it was. It was the war of 1972. Like, no. So just, just let it go because just, it doesn't uh, matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Listen, Unbelievable. I was there. Yeah, you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, man. The Super Bowl is over. Oh, wait. I didn't press my. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Super Bowl's over. It means it's time to discuss college basketball. We are finally in. We're, so, not, we're not in. Let's see. Daniel says, time out. What does Chris's shirt say? Callahan Auto Parts. Callahan Auto Sandusky, Parts. Sandusky, Ohio. That's right. Better believe that. Tommy Boy. Best best brake pads money can buy. Yep. You want to guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, college basketball. We don't really talk about it until after football season is done. That's how we do it on the show. That's how most places do it. Um, so... The NCAA selection committee, now that they know that Sunday is like their day, from here on, they came on and put out their top 16 seeds yesterday. Okay. Like for this point, so you know we've got the college football playoff rankings. Now we've got the college basketball seeding. And this is what it would be if it was today, right? But just the top 16? Just the top 16. They're not doing the full 64. They're not... No, it top sixteen. But it's like this isn't ranked one through sixteen. This is no, this is ranked. Bracket. No, this is one through sixteen. Okay, and, but it's but they do it based on because that's how the tournament is seated. That you're all ranked one through sixty eight in one of four brackets. No, this is for the entire bracket. So you've got four brackets. I'm really confused. Hold on, I'll I'll explain it all to you. Look, educate me. And so, as of now, you see how much college basketball I know I know and I'm I'm gonna explain this to you all right there are four types of games now right so the data that they use to seed all this crap is different starting this year than it used to be hang on there are four types of games four types of games there's there's four quadrants now right and it's all based on like RPI rankings and whatever so teams that you beat and who they've beaten matters and your strength of schedule matters and all this kind of mess, right? So all that stuff matters now. So your quadrant one games are games at home versus teams ranked one through thirty in the RPI. It is neutral site games versus RPI one through fifty, or road games versus one through seventy five. Because it's tougher to play on the road, it's tougher to play on a neutral site, and it's easier to play at home, right? Correct. Quadrant two, home versus thirty one through seventy five, neutral versus fifty one through one hundred, road versus seventy six through one thirty five. So, so I get all right, so all of these things are gonna be broken down into four different quadrants right. of rankings for those. Right. Three and that's things. how they, they rank your resume. Got it. 
All right, so and then they've got quadrant three and quadrant four, and those really don't matter. Yeah. The only reason those matter is if you lose them, and the good teams Correct. don't lose them. So, it, most of the good teams don't lose them. St. John's can't be pretty good in any of those categories. They beat Duke. Now you write about that. They beat but that, but that don't mean St. John's is good. No, and they beat Villanova. They're gonna be in a quadrant three or four. They should. But they got two big wins. Oh yeah. No, they got they got huge wins. But they're they're shooting the schedule so good. I knew about that. You most certainly did. Uh, Let me go on and tell you this. Uh, So I put up a tweet earlier um, because I was going through all these resumes and whatnot, and the teams that have the most quadrant one wins because that's what the tournament, the selection committee, really looks at. Right, losses do matter, but wins against good teams matter more. So you've got your normal. There's seven teams. It's Kansas, Villanova. Uh, Xavier, I think, um, North Carolina, Oklahoma, and then there's one other, and then Alabama has six quadrant one wins. Somehow I knew this whole college basketball conversation was going to come back to that. Well, you look at it, and so Alabama's six and three against quadrant one. They've got nine losses on the year. They're four and five against quadrant two, and then they lost one neutral site game back in November. That was a quadrant three now because Minnesota has fallen off the face of the earth. Either way, that brings me to this whole thing about the SEC really upping their game, right? Because that's okay. that's where did you watch? Did you watch it a bunch back when you were little? Did you watch college basketball? Oh no, ever? yeah, no. The whole time I was in college, I watched college basketball a lot. It was more interesting when the teams that are around our region were good. Yeah, I mean, there were years when the SEC kind of dominated college basketball. Yes, exactly. We're getting back to that. So, as of right now, as of all of the... If you go to bracketmatrix.com, they've got it set up where they've got multiple, like, 70-something different projections. And they tie them all together, and they average them out to see who... No, I'm sorry, it's 95 95 different bracket projections. So there's like experts at all these different websites, right? It's like Fox and CBS and uh, then you got whatever. these people aren't experts. That's my guess. But a lot of them look at the numbers the same way the other people do, and it's just their opinion and it's whatever, right? So it's the same thing with college football playoff and, and all that. So it's just something to talk about. So in that, they have eight SEC teams making the 68 team field. That is unheard of for the SEC. Yeah, that's I, I pretty think, good. I think we had, what, five last year? Yeah. So five last year. The year before that was like four. I mean, it, it, it had gotten to a point where I think we had three one year. It was awful. And now everybody's scheduling better. Everybody's recruiting better. The coaches are better now. I think that's the biggest thing. The SEC basketball coaching is ten times better than SEC football coaching. Yeah, completely. 100%. And and while that has changed a little bit in the last year, because now you got Jimbo coming in, now you got uh, Joe Moorhead, you got Dan Mullen taking over at Florida, you got, you know, whatever. Maybe Jeremy Pruitt's going to be good. We don't know exactly what it is, but Fisher automatically makes it better than, than what it was, right? Correct. So, SEC college basketball right now. Let me go on and give you the top 16 seeds. All right, we'll go through that. Number one overall is Virginia. They're going to be in the South region. Number two is Villanova. They're in the East. Number three is Xavier in the Midwest. 
Number four is Purdue, and they're out west, right? So all this has to go with uh, geography as well. So, like, you want to be in the top half of the four seed line, right? So Virginia gets to go wherever they want to go. They're going to the south. Villanova gets the next pick. Well, Villanova's in the east. They want to go to the east. Xavier, all right, well, they're above Purdue, so they're going to they're get the Midwest. And then Purdue, if they're a one seed, the only other region is out west. So Purdue's going to have to go from West Lafayette, Indiana, all the way back out to, uh, I believe it's in Anaheim this year, or maybe it was Anaheim last year, wherever it is, Arizona, something. So the way this is set up, that's the top four. Then you got Auburn five, Kansas six, Duke seven, eight Cincinnati. You've got Auburn in there above Duke and Kansas. That's crazy. Uh, nine Clemson, ten Texas Tech, who is above Kansas in the Big 12 standings. Who got the raw end of that deal in the Memphis-Texas Tech thing? Oh, yeah. Because Tubby leaves Texas Tech, and all of a sudden they're 22-4 and four and a top three seed. They made a pretty good hire. It's insane. Yeah, Chris Beard is fantastic. He really? was at Arkansas Little Rock. That's like, right. Would have made more sense for Memphis to go get him as opposed to – but anyway – um, it'd have been cheap. So Texas Tech, Michigan State, North Carolina, and then your four seeds are Tennessee, Ohio State, Arizona, Oklahoma. So that's your top sixteen right there. Your South region is Virginia and Cincinnati, um, Michigan State, and Tennessee. So Tennessee going to be in the South, which means. Once you get to a certain point, you will have Tennessee against Virginia in, I'm guessing, Charlotte. Something like that. Reasonable for both of them, right? Correct. So, and then the other one, you would have Cincinnati against uh, Michigan State. So, Michigan State would, would want the Midwest, I think, or maybe even the East. It all depends on, on where all of it is, because I don't know where these locations are right now. But, um, yeah. I mean, I them coming out this early and doing it, I don't really know what to think of it because I feel like we all thought that we, you know, it's just kind of a crapshoot at the end of the year. How do you feel about them coming out early and giving us, like, where their minds are as far as these teams go? I mean, they're obviously stopping at 16, so they don't have to worry about any bubble, bubble teams, teams and getting their feelings hurt or putting any kind of thought into that. I don't know. All this is is a ranking of 1 through 16. That's all this is. Yeah. You can take the top 25 and cut it off at 17 and say, now we have a new thing. Like, here's what our seeds are going to be. Knowing damn well that it's all going to change well, yeah. in the next few weeks. Regardless of how the uh, season finishes out, regular season, if all of these teams don't lose another game, they don't happen to play each other. The conference tournament is going to blow everything up. We have seen this year in and year out. Conference tournaments matter in college basketball. Yes. Entirely true. There are going to be one seeds that will fall out of the one seed because they will get blown out by some team with four wins. Or they'll or they'll get beat or yeah. you know, whatever. Something but will happen. Something will change. And teams are gonna win conference tournaments that have losing records. I mean, it's just, it happens all the time. It's one of the weirdest, craziest things about college uh, basketball. It's why we call it March Madness. Exactly. That's when it gets fun. 
Exactly, and I'm good with that. So the resumes will matter. Like a lot of people will be set where they are, depend like no matter what happens. Um, but I I do I like the idea of seeing this early, but it, it lets me know right off the bat that I just don't know exactly where their heads are as far as Arizona, who doesn't have a whole lot of good wins. Oklahoma doesn't, you know, they've been playing like crap lately. It's like, all right, so are we focusing on? Like we were told forever, it was like the last ten games matter, and your resume matters too, right? So they want teams that are playing well. So now I don't really know what in the world it is, right? None, none of it makes sense. Um, we've got new people coming in on Facebook. We appreciate you guys coming in. Y'all make sure and share that thing out for us. Uh, Periscope, do the same thing. Help us out. All that wonderful stuff. We're going to talk about uh-huh. the Winter Olympics. I like the Winter Olympics. This will be about the only time in four years that we're going to talk about <laughs> these sports. And I don't even know which ones we're going to talk about. So, they're happening in South Korea right now. Have you watched any of it? I've watched a lot of it. Really? That's all I did this weekend. And so, my wife is obsessed with figure skating, right? Just absolutely obsessed. Anything that comes on the TV, I'll watch it when it comes to the Olympics. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I like it all. I like the Summer Olympics. I like the Winter Olympics. I don't care what sport it is. I enjoy watching it. So, she's obsessed with figure skating. We watched quite a bit of that this weekend. We watched uh, speed skating. Some snowboarding. Like, do you find it funny that nobody talks about these sports any other time of the year, and then bam, all of a sudden everybody's an expert? I don't know that. Like, any, I haven't watched snowboarding in like four years. I, it's like okay. an X game, but I, I, I never watch it. I don't know that but, anybody's an expert like, except for these people that NBC hires that used to like compete in these. Sports. Well, look, I'm sitting on the couch. I'm telling my wife, there's no way he medals if he doesn't land like a sixteen oh, twenty toe you grab. Like, like on yeah, it, I'm yeah. commenting. I'm talking about it. It's like. We're good. we're debating penalties in couples figure skating. Like, oh, I think you hit the ice. It's like, I don't know what that means. Like, there was a thing last night where like two different people like touched the ice or fell or whatever, and then this other bunch didn't. And like the two people that fell ended up winning, and it was like they were trying to explain it all. And I'm like, I don't know what is happening here. And it's just enjoyment for the eyes. Don't don't try to figure it out. It's like a, I, I guess it's like a Rubik's cube. It's better if it just sits on the corner of the desk and you just stare at it every now and then. I, I did see somebody land like a triple axle or something, and it looked cool. And I didn't realize it was like not a a common thing to do. I I, I couldn't tell you <laughs> if they do a move. I don't know what any of the moves are. That's but I it. think it's fun. So let me ask you this question, okay? Because every year, every two years when the Olympics comes around, there's a meme I like to share out because it's funny and I just regurgitate the same crap all the time and try to make people laugh. And it is, I think that all the Olympics should have like an average dude do like what they're doing so you could see by comparison how what great it would be these like. people Because sometimes you watch these folks and you're like, that doesn't look that hard. Oh, let's take Bill out of the stands and let's put some, put some on him and see if we can do it. In the Summer Olympics, I like to think about that because I could do just about all those. Like, I I, I mean, I would die if I tried to yeah. run the way they ran to it. But, like, I'm a hell of a swimmer. I saw like, a, I, can, uh, I can I can run. I mean, I'm fat, but I could run. Like, I'm physically <laughs> capable of doing most of them. There is not one single Winter Olympic game that I could physically do at any level at all. Like, I watched I a barstool video. I couldn't go down bunny slopes. On any of the skis. Well, no, that's, that's one of the things. So, like, Barstool posted this video 
Did you watch it? No, I haven't. That's and, and it's this guy that's trying to do like one of the ski jumps, oh. and he's just a normal, average, whatever he's dude, and it's one die. of those huge ones. And this dude flies up in the air, uh-uh. and he's got a skate flying off, uh-uh. and he's like tumbling over, and he falls, <laughs> and he like bends backwards, like, but he pops up, and he's like, ah. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. See, that's the problem. How do you get uh, good at that? Like, let's say, let's say I was good at snow skiing. All right. Yeah. Let's say that was something that I enjoyed doing as a hobby. How do you say, all right? I want to practice jumping off this like big ramp that's gonna throw me four or five hundred feet in the air. You can't. You you if, if practice, practice by it. doing it. Yeah. Well. Okay. But if I did that, I would die. Well, that's the thing. Like, okay, so you do it once, you don't die. You immediately made the Olympics. Like, well, <laughs> I did it once. All right. Look, we got a couple of comments on Facebook. Uh, Colin asks, uh, and I don't know this. Do you know when hockey starts for the Olympics? Um. No, I mean it's it's this week. I mean, it's it has to be this week. Yeah, yeah. I would I imagine. Know, I, I would know, imagine like it's day. like I would think it's on Wednesday. This is the first year they're not using NHL players. Yep. So that should be a little more interesting. And then Kevin brought up uh, good old KB most compelling moment so far of the Olympics. Man, my phone is going. Is he giving goofy. us one or is he asking? No, he's giving us one. He uh, said, uh, "Most compelling moment of Olympics so far has been whether or not the ice skater's top was going to fall off." Bingo! <laughs> After her button the, broke, he said, "The wardrobe malfunction." Yes. Yes, yes, I saw that. I cannot believe watched it didn't it fall live, off. Watched it on YouTube, uh, and Multiple I'll tell times. you, I'll tell you why it didn't fall off, and 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 I think that this is why. I don't know for certain, but I think that part of that thing was glued on. Yeah. Oh, it had to be. There's no way the way she was spinning around for it to have stayed on. A hundred percent. So uh, my wife and I have talked about this several times because, like, we we comment on on other ladies and whatnot, like discussing, you know, how in the world did she fit into that thing and all this. So so there's sometimes that like you got a chest that is just about to pop out of a dress, and and even she has done that at at some points where like it's you know it's right there on the line, you know. And you're going like, how did it stay right there? It's glue. Yeah, like they glue that crap on there. I, I know, until she told me that, I had no idea. I was just like, man, that must be like a super tight dress or something. Like, I, it, it wouldn't make any sense to me, or like it's curled around the bra or something. Like it, nope, none of that. It's glue, and I don't know if it's like super glue or what, but like, man, it's something. Like some, some at some point, time has got to come off. That would be the smoke detector. There's for, a for Gary's house. There's a smoke detector going off because my <laughs> my lovely bride is cooking in the kitchen dinner. cooking uh, chicken wings. Awesome. So we will continue on and hope that you can't hear too much of that. That's awesome. Um, so let's see. Just an FYI for the people out here. This used to happen <laughs> all the time, but we podcasted somewhere else, and so y'all couldn't pick it up. But and so we you got hear. it. So we would just start <laughs> laughing at random times. Yeah. Oh man, that's fun. Um, all right. So to me, the best part of the Olympics so far, and I teased this earlier, there were two guests that showed up at the Olympics at the opening ceremonies. This is ridiculous. And then they got escorted out. It, it, let me just read the story for you. It, it's it makes more sense. It's, it's uh Two people dressed up as U.S. President Donald Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and caused a commotion when they appeared in the stands at the Olympic game opening ceremony on Friday before swiftly being shown out by security staff. 
We're getting along great, said the Kim lookalike, who declined to give his name. We wanted to surprise everyone and bring world peace, and then we're being escorted out by security guards, which I think is really unfair. Doesn't everyone want peace? (laughs) (laughs) They started asking all kinds. He said, you wouldn't do this to Beyonce, would you? All kind of mess, man. That's pretty great. Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of those guys. That's pretty funny. Uh-huh. All right, so now, since we are a football podcast, we've got to bring up some football. Okay. I have an article up on the website, winningcureseverything.com. Go read it. You'll enjoy it. It's a lot of stats and whatnot, but it kind of gives you an insight into... I take that back. It's not a lot of stats. I broke this up into several stories, so I just did the first one today so that you would know what you're looking at. So we're done with uh, with signing day. I went back, I looked at the last 13 national champions. Now, the reason that I cut it off at 13 is before that number, before 13 years ago, recruiting rankings were not nearly as accurate as they are now, right? Before the age of the internet, before we could do all this mess and whatnot, there was no real way to know if there was a kid down in, you know, BF, Egypt, whatever, down in south alabama down in or up in oklahoma or whatever you never knew what kids were great and which ones weren't you had an idea right you knew kids around town like oh man he's awesome he's gonna be a stud but you there wasn't anything to compare him to you know so the recruiting rankings back then were not nearly as accurate so the last 13 years when rivals and scout and espn and all these you know companies went at 247 all got this stuff together and really put an effort and made it a real thing. Now, I want you to tell me, off the top of your head, who do you think were the three least talented teams, according to recruiting data, dating back to 2005? 2005 was Texas. That won a national championship? That won a national championship. You need me to spout them off for you? No, I would bet both LSU teams... But one of them was before 2005, so I would think that LSU would probably not be in that. I would bet – I'm trying to think of the teams that – Now, I've got a reason as to why I'm explaining me. this. No, I don't and know. this is overall talent. Oh, Al- Auburn's football team, I think, when they won, probably was not up there. They had right. one mega stud. I don't know. Clemson in 2016 – Okay. Auburn in 2010, Texas in 2005. So we're talking about transcendent quarterbacks, but the rest of the team is average. Exactly. That is how you win national that, championships. It's either it's either about. talent across the board, or you have an absolute transcendent talent at quarterback. And some teams think they've got a transcendent talent. A lot don't. You know, so coming up later on in the week, probably on Wednesday, I'm going to have an article up about which SEC teams could actually sneak up and win a national championship this year based on those numbers, right? And I don't know that there's a transcendent quarterback. Other, I mean, if you want to say Jake Fromm and, and Tua Tonga-Vailoa, maybe. You've but, got one quarter of Tua. While it looked great and it was on a huge stage, it was one quarter of play. Right. And that, and that's what we, I'm saying. I don't go, know we that... We can't go crazy here. And, and, I, and we can't really go crazy with... Uh, with Fromm. Yeah, you can't go crazy I mean, with Fromm. Yeah, yeah. 
But other than that, I don't know that. They, I mean, is Nick Starkle at Texas A&M? I mean, no, no, no. Those are two. Those are definitely up there as the two best quarterbacks probably coming back this year. Yeah. Well, my boy at South Carolina is pretty good. I, I tell you this, the kid at uh, at Ole Miss. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. He's uh, a stud too. Jacob Tamu. Yeah, I no, thought that he was going to transfer. Yeah. But um, no, he's good too. But he's, there he's are really some good. really. I, I say. I mean, there's not a lot. There's some. There's some good ones. Uh, uh, Jake Bentley at South Carolina. You were right. He's he's really good. He's a stud. I don't know that he's transcendent though. And I don't know that he's got enough talent around him to he, to make it. You know, I don't think he because you that. still need a lot of talent. Those other teams were good. They just weren't four or five stars across the board good. We got a question on Facebook: Is Jalen Hurts done at Alabama? No, I, yeah. I don't. I don't believe that he's done. Well, um, he will only touch the field on gimmick plays if he stays. I think, and this is coming from some of our buddies down there that that have been on the show with us and whatnot before, Jalen may end up switching positions. Now, he would still be a backup quarterback as well, but he is one of those kids that is willing to do anything to help his team out and to get on the field. And he is such a superb athlete. He is a confident young man, a superb athlete. I'm telling you, he can play several other spots. And it may not even be tailback. You put him in the slot because the kid's got hands. I didn't know he had hands, but he can catch the ball. So so we'll see what happens. Nobody knows for sure what's going to happen here. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to figure out as far as that goes. Let's, uh, let's move on to uh, uh-huh. Johnny Football. Okay. Have you seen all this stuff today? Nope. Look, I'm cheering for this dude. Like he's he's on his comeback tour and all that. Like I, I like guys that are coming back, you know that that had problems before, and are getting them fixed. Right? Are you rooting for him? What is he doing? Is he trying to play in the NFL again? I think, but he's still under I mean, contract am, with the am CFL. I, am I if rooting I were him, for him? That's what I was about to say. If I'm rooting for him to play in Canadian league, no, I'm no, just talking I'm about. Are you rooting for him, for him just personally? That's what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for him personally. I'm going to say no. That doesn't mean that I'm a jerk and I'm rooting against him, but I just I have emotionally moved on from Johnny. He wowed me in college. He just doesn't have the discipline to be great. And if he if could find not, the discipline. But, but that I don't think I don't you think can you can find I, that. Yeah, I don't think you can I make that. I think if you don't have it by the time you're 20 something years old and in the NFL, you're not going to have it. We we got another Facebook comment that said he just needs a tryout for the XFL. Would you watch him in the XFL? Well, yeah, because I'm going to watch the XFL. I would yeah. also watch you if you played in the XFL or anybody else <laughs> because I'm going to watch the XFL. I won't specifically turn it on because of him, though. No, no, no. I'm with you. I'm with I've you. watched him play football a lot. I've seen the good Johnny, and I've seen the bad Johnny. Oh, yeah. Look, he was on Good Morning America this morning. He talked about getting over his depression, how he stopped drinking, uh, he started taking medicine because he was diagnosed as bipolar. He didn't realize that until last year. Um, and then he was on uh, Barstool's Part of My Take. And he had some interesting things to say about Cleveland, the NCAA, all that kind of thing. Here, here's some of the quotes, right? Uh, he said, I never really gave Cleveland a chance. I felt like I had a sense of entitlement, like I was owed to be draft higher or go somewhere that I really wanted to play. But in reality, I had no control over that. 
Thoughts? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. We wasted a first-round pick on your ass. Because <laughs> our owner is a moron. Well, and that coaching staff at the time, well, it, it was the owner that made the pick. The owner made the, the pick. The coaching staff did not want him. No. The, the GM didn't want him. Nobody no. wanted him. Uh, next quote, he said, uh, I shouldn't have started right away. I didn't know how to study and grind the way high-level players do. And in Cleveland, they didn't help me learn that. I don't think you're going to blame that on them. My, I could absolutely 100% believe it because I don't think there was anybody in that locker room to teach him that. It, but, it's irrelevant. At some point in time, in the professional world, see, this is this is where we're talking about sports, and we need to remember that this is all jobs and all lives. Yeah. It is, it is not your jobs, your bosses, or any of those other people to teach you how to be a pro. They're to teach you how to do your job better, but they're not to teach you how to be a pro. And if you're not going to put that time in, then it's nobody else's responsibility to pull you aside and say, hey, you really need to be doing this more or that more, and I'll help you. You, I'll help you do this. If you're not staying at the facility and you're leaving as soon as you can leave, then who's going to ever teach you how to do any of this stuff? No, you're right. It's not their responsibility. This is why the NFL is so much different than college. They don't baby you. There is nobody there to say, be here at 7 a.m. I agree with that. stay until 9. Nobody's there to do that. They say, hey, practice starts at, at 10. Great. If you show up at 945, get dressed on the field, awesome. Yep. Everything that happened before that is on you to make yourself better. Let's see. Colin on Facebook said, I think Josh Gordon went downhill because of Manziel. No, he was already. I think Gordon yeah. already had problems. No, he already had problems. Yeah, that that, that wouldn't. We can't those, blame that one on Johnny Football. Those aren't isolated incidents, and those aren't connected in any way, and they don't really have anything to do with Cleveland other than they've just taken. Gordon was a transcendent talent. That yeah. that you and, take, and I think he still take, is that you take a flyer on. Yeah. Johnny was not. He was absolutely not. That was a knee jerk reaction. You you got him late in the first round, thinking, "All right, it's maybe a wasted first round pick." When but it's it's just like the talent. Deshaun Kaiser. When you don't have talent, yeah. Why are you drafting people that are lightning rods? We need blue chip athletes in Cleveland. Yes. Well, and and now I think you've got some. Oh, I, think I think Cleveland has some, and I think we've got. I've been saying this all the time, though. That's a problem. I'm getting sick of saying it. I really do like the front office. I well, can't now, control the ownership. But I like Sashi too. Sashi made one move that I didn't like. He passed on Watson for Kaiser. Yeah. I'm not okay with that. But Well, and, I think that he wanted to get the talent that he got in the first round. And that's that's been okay. It's been okay. I don't have a problem with what he did in the first round, other than if you want to trade that pick out, I probably wouldn't have done it. I would have taken a player there. Whether it had been Watson or another defensive player, Jonathan Allen, would have been great. Um, but, <laughs> well, I mean, he ended up hurt for the last however long. And but hey, so did Miles Garrett. Yeah, I mean, it's it, you, look, you can't control some of the things. You still take blue chip talent when you can take it. Other than that, I liked what Sashi was building and doing. I really like the people coming in. I like what they're saying. So have a ton of picks this year again. We'll see what they can do. But next quote: How much do you hate the NCAA? On a scale of 1 to 10, 12. 
Now, why does he hate them? Well, one because of he the, was never suspended. He well, never missed. No, any he games. did. He was suspended for like half a game, which was ludicrous to even think about. But it's because of him being paid for autographs and whatnot after he won his Heisman Trophy in his freshman year. He was the first freshman to ever win it. Um, it, it that along with uh, now he got busted last week on signing day because he was uh, he was tweeting at some of the recruits that had not decided between Texas A&M and whatever yet. And the NCAA stepped in and told him, no, you can't do that. Which is... It's very difficult to police Twitter. Like, you can't really do it. But... What if he did a Kevin Durant and created a fake Twitter account? Oh, you think he hadn't done that? And then, oh, he probably... I believe he's done that a thousand percent. But I'm not talking about to defend himself. I'm talking about to help recruit. I know. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I guarantee he's probably done it. He loves Texas A&M. Like, he loves it down there. I've never... Uh, it's okay. All right. We're going to time out a little bit about Johnny here. He spent way too much time partying in Austin and throwing up them hook'em horns to say, I love Texas A&M. All right? No, no, no. Look, could, look, you, he, could you imagine anybody in your family loving, loving the city of Auburn, no matter how beautiful it is, how nice it is, everything else... Spending a ton of time there, anything, and saying I love Alabama. Well, you'd hit him right in the face. Now nah, you you're right about that. I was I was going to use Oxford as an example because I love Oxford, but that's not but your I, but, biggest rival. But that's I don't different. hate Ole Miss. Like you I hate can, Auburn. You can hate. Hey, you know what? I'll I'll go on this side, Knoxville. Like aside, and even the campus, I can't deny that. Look, that's a beautiful campus. I hate Tennessee, but I love. Knoxville. But you wouldn't spend time partying that because in the frats you're not looking at the beauty of the campus and all that. You're you're just in some fraternity house trying to get laid. But you can if you're Johnny no. Football, when I was in college, man, I hated that. Tennessee. You, yeah, I, I would never go to that's Knoxville. That's it. He spent way too much time on. I know Oxford, uh, Austin. It's a cool town. He spent way too much time on Texas campus in frat houses partying to turn around and say I love A and M. I love I A&M. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because if you did, you'd hate the other place too much to be there. Our our, our resident writer, McKinnon, chimed in and said, War Eagle, buddy. I'm good with that. I don't hate it's, I love uh, Auburn. Hey, che- cheers to that. I don't. Screw you, McKinnon. <laughs> I, see, I tried to get you to team up with me against him, but you couldn't handle that. That's uh, It happens. It happens. That's terrible. Last quote, last quote. I realize with where I'm at right now, it's not going to be all sunshine and smooth sailing, but I have one goal, and it's to run back on the field as a starter. Now, I do notice in all these he never says in the NFL. So I'm wondering if the XFL is the next step or if whatever else is. How strict is Vince McMahon going to be about his no ex-cons deal because you, you know what uh you know what Vince McMahon loves more than anything else on this planet well the sound of his voice second after right. that money money oh no no doubt no doubt what's Manziel's nickname besides Johnny God. Football no money Manziel no, he needs to not be that ever again and, hey all I'm saying is the dude brings eyeballs and that's one thing that they are going to need and that will help out a ton See, but a here's ton. now, but here's where Vince has to be safe. We're having a different conversation now about the XFL, and this will come back around to Johnny. Vince has already had the situation where everybody watched, and then it failed. 
Yeah. He cannot have his biggest star flame out. He has yeah. to know that his biggest star can last the distance and be a star. Oh, yeah. Not a bottle rocket. No, you're right. But Johnny shows up and a million people watch, and he's awful to watch. But and he doesn't got more than a million. But, you uh, but I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. He, he's slow. He can't throw the way he used to. He, he, just time done caught up to him. All the things done caught up to him, whatever. All those people that turned it on, go turn, turn it right off. Yep. And then they won't turn in again. Yeah, that that's that's what you have to be careful about if you're events. The XFL, you need to make sure whoever your stars are can last. They can perform at a high level, they can be entertaining to watch, and they can compete at the game and do well. Can I have a star be a bust? Uh-huh. Let's move to the last segment of the evening. Because it's already 6.55. Let's roll. LeBron James got his groove back. God. And and no, we don't talk a ton of NBA on here, but uh, you you married into a Cavs family. You're, you're married into a Cleveland family. So yep. Browns and everything, uh, Indians, That's all right. that mess. Nope, nope. Uh, the Cavaliers with new players George Hill, Rodney Hood, Jordan Crawford, and Larry Nance Jr. went into Boston and destroyed the Celtics on Sunday. Beat them 121-99. to 99. If things keep rolling, you got to assume this gives the Cavs the edge to get back to the NBA Finals. That's what it looked like yesterday. All the talk you're hearing, though, is about whether or not LeBron is going to be in L.A. at the end of the year. His children are already enrolled in school in Los Angeles. That's told by Petros Papadakis at AM570 in L.A. Now, Bavada has put the odds out for where LeBron will be playing in the 2018-2019 season. Have you seen this yet? I haven't seen the odds yet. So... The number one best odds is a tie. For the Clippers or the Lakers? Nope. It is the Houston Rockets at plus 275 and the Cleveland Cavaliers now at 275. So I knew Houston would be a more likely outcome than L.A. Because of Chris Paul. Yeah. And they're really good. Yeah, you don't don't have to go as far to get good. Exactly. Uh, The Lakers are third at plus 300. Fourth... It was surprising to me. The Golden State Warriors at plus 750. God almighty. If, not, if that happens, I'm so done, so done with the NBA. Adam Silver has no control over this league. The Philadelphia 76ers at plus 1,000. You, you remember back in the day when Chris Paul wanted out of New Orleans and, okay. and the NBA blocked a trade to, to get Lakers. him to the Lakers? Yes. I mean, because they would have run all over the league. Yeah. And he ended up at the Clippers, and the Clippers were all right. They were good. But, like, why? Since that trade got blocked, we have had the big three. We have had, you know, all this kind of mess all over. Like, all these super teams. Now, the Warriors built it the right way, and then Durant decided to go and play for it. And you can't really tell a player what he can or can't do when he's a free agent. We're having a different conversation. This is about the legacy of David Stern and Adam Silver. I believe that Adam Silver is one of the worst commissioners out of all the big sports. Tell me this. Tell for, me this. Because the money for what he's doing for his for what he's doing for his league, it's just not good. Well, tell me. Tell me this. All right. So let's let's look at a different situation. Adam Silver 
as far as getting bigger deals and all that, like the the NBA sport is growing by leaps and bounds. Technically, they has got, never been bigger. They've gotten more stars than they could ever have ever than they've ever had. Do you believe that it wouldn't Teams have mattered? Teams are selling for billions, plural dollars that were just sold for two and three. Did Adam Silver million. do that, or was it just that the American public wanted this, to pay attention? But here's the problem: David Stern laid a foundation. Yeah, and all Adam Silver has done is make players happy. That's it. Whatever the players want to do, he does. If an owner wants to do something or management wants to do something, he squashes it. If the players want to do it, he does it, and that's all great right now. But at some point in time, players are going to push this envelope to a point where it's going to crush your product. If LeBron ends up with the Rockets, and you've got LeBron, Chris Paul, James Harden, and then whatever cast of characters We, we already got. live in this AAU friends and family basketball league in the NBA. Yeah. It's good for about five teams a year. Yeah, that's it. Everybody else, not only are you not competing for a championship, you're not competing for relevance. You, you're, Those five teams are just printing so much money that it doesn't – nothing else matters. Okay? Yeah, yeah. But that's at the. I'll tell you this: at the end of the it thing, bothers me. in ten it years, me. this product is not going to be that good. No, it's just not. We've David Stern was. I mean, he ran the NBA like a dictatorship. Yeah, but he made he, the rules. But he, he, built he ran everything. An unbelievable league that today is profiting from the things that he built. This is what I believe. Yeah. And, and I, think and I don't know that Silver, the playoffs are think, going to be I think as... Adam Silver is the rich kid whose daddy left him everything and he never had to work for it. <laughs> and now he's just pissing it all away. I love it. I love it. Now, I could be dead wrong, but I think people... I don't think we are, because I'm agreeing with you. I, I just... Now, I know a lot of NBA fans that love the Friends and Family League. They love these superstars, and they think... It's great for the league and whatever. It's not entertaining to watch it's, for it's, me. It's boring to watch. I mean, don't I get used me wrong. To, I used to love the NBA. I've never liked college basketball. Have you I watched a single NBA love, game this year? No. Not one from start to finish. Not one from start to finish. The only ones that I would watch over the last few years were the Grizzlies. And this year, I literally have oh, not God, watched. No, I'm not watching. I can't do that. Well, no. I, I haven't watched no. a full Grizzlies game all season long. It's It's – Terrible. The, the product's not good. I'm telling you, you can be bad. You got to be entertaining, and I don't find it entertaining. That's uh, Facebook brings up something that uh, that we have not talked about, and that's uh, and we'll talk about this on on another episode. But uh, uh, Colin says I hate the new NBA All Star Game concept. Um, we'll get to that once we get televise the draft, and I'll love it. Yeah, at that point, it'll be fine. If they televise the draft, I'd love it. But otherwise, like that's the part that you would love. That's all. Not, the game is just always. Oh, I'll whatever. never watch the game. Yeah. Bet the over. <laughs> uh, David on Facebook said that was an all that was an uh with all due respect moment. So, um, let, let's get back to this right quick. We'll finish this up. Uh, the Seventy Sixers are plus one thousand. The Pistons are plus fourteen hundred. Timberwolves plus fourteen hundred. Same with the Spurs. The Bucks at plus sixteen hundred, and the Knicks at plus eighteen hundred. There's no reason to keep anyone after, like, the 76ers on this thing. There's a better chance of you and me 
playing for these teams, like the Pistons, the Timberwolves, but Spurs, when Bucks, you put and Knicks, the Knicks on there, then LeBron going. You're there. Vegas, and all you're trying to do is get money, right? Yeah. If you're Bovados, how many New York fans are going in there pissing away twenty, thirty, hundred bucks, thousand bucks, depending on what these guys are worth, just to just to get flyer, their name tossed, just in. on a gamble? It's a good question. So that's why they have the list. But it is it. it is a fantastic question. Um, tell me this to close us out. Where are your thoughts on where he's headed? Let me tell you a perfect scenario. I couldn't name three people that he plays with right now in Cleveland. I think if I was Cleveland and I wanted to make a push for him, you know who his assistant coach was in Miami? Fizdale. Fizz. I, I kicked Ty Lue butt to the curb, and I go get Fizz, and I say, Bron, Bron, come on, man. Just stay in Cleveland. We've built this team the exact way you want us to build it. Yeah. I, I think I like that idea. I think he would stay in Cleveland. I think he likes Cleveland. I, I think he knows that he can run that organization. I don't think he has a problem with Cleveland. How long would you as a – because even though how great he is, he still needs coaching. Everybody needs coaching. How long would you sit under somebody like Ty Lue before you were like, I just got – we got to get somebody better or I got to go. Am Not I wrong? wrong? Am I that hard on Ty? No, I, just I don't, don't think so. I don't think he's a good coach at all. I don't think so at either. At all, man. I don't think I don't think he's very good either. God, so I, I, I think they hired him for LeBron, though. I think LeBron wanted him. Well, yeah, but after about four years with him, does he still want him? I don't think so. I don't believe so. All right, well, that look, that's going to wrap this up. Uh, next go round, we'll probably talk about the Tubby Smith situation at Memphis and and all that good stuff. Um, I'll probably talk about my my newfound love for the gym. Because i got to get back in shape before this baby gets here and all that. Um, but you guys know what to do on Facebook, Twitter, everywhere else. Uh, help us out. Share that thing out. Subscribe to the podcast. Review it. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, all your favorite podcast apps. And make sure you check out the website, winningcureseverything.com. Until next time, we will see y'all on Thursday. Later. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter at winningcures. You can follow myself at Gary WCE. You follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show. That's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.